This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Inside Story on BFM 89.9. Good evening, Yowachamila Ganesan and Lee Chui Lin. Tonight, the government is thinking of making premarital courses a must for non Muslim couples. So, we'll be discussing whether this is a good idea with a relationship counselor, but mostly we want to hear from you. Do you think this will be helpful? And did you go for premarital courses? So let us know. You can call 77332900, tweet us at BFM Radio, send us a voice note or WhatsApp at our U mobile number 018-789-8899. This is Inside Story. is 608 and um, as we said the Women, Family and Community Development Ministry is in the process of drafting a proposal paper uh, to establish a committee that will look at the feasibility of mandating pre-marriage courses for non-Muslim couples. So a couple of steps to go before it becomes um, uh, possibly uh, something that will happen but we thought it opens up an interesting conversation about uh, the the feasibility of this, whether this is in fact something that will be useful. Um, so just to just to look at how it came up, Deputy Minister Ayman Atira Sabu um, was asked this in Dewan Nagara by um, Senator Aknan Etuk, who proposed that non-Muslim couples undergo a pre-marriage course before tying the knot. And so the Deputy Minister said that the committee would propose suitable programs that will be presented to Cabinet in the near future. Now, if you're listening to this and thinking, that sounds familiar, that sounds like something that has come up before also from this same ministry, It isn't the first time this was brought up. So back in 2018, then Deputy Women, Family and Community Development Minister Hannah Yeo had also, you know, kind of surfaced the thing. At the time, she said that it's very similar. A series of discussions will be held for non-Muslims to attend these courses. Um, She was more specific about why, though. Uh, At the time, again, in 2018, she said that this was part of the ministry's efforts to tackle the the high rate uh, of divorce, which usually happens in the first five years of marriage. Now, the key word here, of course, at least for me, um, is making it mandatory. Mandatory, Mandating. Because um, at the moment, of course, this is something that Muslim couples go through. Um, And then, of course, uh, various uh, faith faith communities often provide these as well with various levels of um, it is compulsory, it's advised and so on. But at the moment, it isn't something that is overall mandated for everybody. So um, I think it's an interesting proposal, but I think it's also worth unpacking um, that link that is often made between something like a pre-marriage course and divorce rates. In theory, it all checks out, right? In theory, a pre-marriage course is supposed to prepare you for the realities of of being married. Um, It's supposed to get you on the same page or at least get you to talk about being on the same page about things like money, about things like children, about the larger decisions that happen when two people decide to join their lives together. I do think, though, that it comes with a lot of baggage about values and moralization, um, especially when you're talking about an institution as old and in some ways as... as, um, What is the word I'm looking for? as old and, and seen as as sacred as marriage, you know. So I think that the the issue here is that 
while in theory, you could argue that getting couples to talk more about their expectations of marriage can only be a good thing. I think that the question of whether this is something the government should be doing is worth asking. Um, The question of what form the course will take, what is it going to be based on, all of that stuff would matter to me, I think. Plus time, plus mandatory. So what, I need to present a cert in order to get married? Yes, this is the part that I'm perhaps least comfortable with. The notion that you might be made to take a course, um, whether you think you need it or not, Um, before you are able to get married. So that's one. The other is um, similar to what you were saying. If the government is going to be um, mandating these courses, whose values are they going to be based on? Um, What are the things that are going to be covered? And again, wouldn't that be very subjective? What one couple, what one person, what one community thinks about marriage and values may differ quite widely. So I'm not saying that this is a bad idea. I think that offering something like this free of charge, even offering marriage counselling services free of charge, all of those are to be highly encouraged from the government. I'm just not sure about this notion of mandating pre-marriage courses. Um, But that's what we'll be discussing for the rest of the show today. We'd love to hear from you. Do you think this will be helpful? Just to reiterate, the Ministry of Women, Family and Community Development is considering uh, mandating pre-marriage courses for non-Muslim couples. Um, So let us know. Do you think this will be helpful? Did you go for pre-marital courses? You can call 77332900, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we'll be speaking with Relationship Counselor Azah Yasmin. So keep it here, BFM 89.9. Buggy Free Minum, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 6.14. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Lynn. And we're looking at a proposal from the government to mandate pre-marriage courses for non-Muslim couples. Um, And we're asking you, do you think this will be helpful? Did you go for pre-marital courses? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now on the line is Azah Yasmin, who is a relationship counselor. Azah, good to have you with us. Hi, uh, good to have you. Good to have me again. <laughs> <laughs> so, what did you make of this proposal? Did you think uh, that making pre-marriage courses mandatory is the way to go? My first reaction was a gasp. Um, <laughs> because I feel like uh, people should have a choice whether they want to go for uh, such a course or not. Um, some people might be mature enough to handle a, a, a marriage and some might need help because they don't have um, family, extended family uh, to, to help them and support them. So mandatory... I'm I'm Muslim and I had to do to do the uh, mandatory um, premarital course and I just sat there for two days um, and just to get the certificate just to get married um, and that's my my um, yeah, my confession I guess um, and I didn't learn anything really um, at, at that at that course I just needed my husband and I was like just sit. Don't complain and just get the cert and then we'll, you know, da-da-da. And then we got married. So, <laughs> so gasp was, was the first um, reaction. So I think mandatory, no, maybe not in, in my point of view, but make it a choice, you know, whether and, and 
yeah, it's just yeah, just making it a choice would be good. And also, if you're forced to to learn something, you might not learn anything because you're forced to do it. Um, if you go in with more curiosity, you you go in with more with um, uh, really wanting to learn how to uh, keep a marriage uh, or or be in a marriage or 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 in a relationship, um, then you'll probably learn more. And if we take a step back, right, broadly speaking, what is the purpose of pre-marriage courses? Do you think that they, I mean, you, you've just spoken about your your own experience, but do you think that they are effective in some way? Pre-marriage courses, there are, there's loads on the internet if you if you have a good um, research. There's uh, Homey Tight, there's um, one from Focus on the Family, there's one from... Uh, churches in 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 Malaysia, you know, there's so many different types, and the content of of these uh, from from the different institutions differ. Um, uh, so that's that's the broadly speaking bit. Um, the purpose of uh, pre-marriage courses or pre- yeah courses is to plan for a marriage, is to plan for a relationship that's involved in a marriage. Um, we tend to plan the wedding with lots of glitter and glam and, um, I don't know, you know, thousands of people come in, I, I don't know, um, for, to, to, to celebrate with you. But what happens after that? What happens when everything's quite quietened down and the couple is just left together? How do you start, you know? Uh, how do you, you know, if you don't plan for something, you plan to fail, right? So that's what that's that that's the adage, and so um, pre-mar- that's what premarital courses, what I think it is for. Who do you think might benefit most from something like this? I don't know. I was just thinking of my little brother, who's not very little anymore. <laughs> um, he has three kids. Um, but prior to that, uh, I did a marriage course with him. Um, and in this marriage course, they, we discussed finances, we discussed family of origin and how it would affect the relationship. We discussed um, uh, our values because even though you know both both couples are Muslims, they they might have different values. Uh, they want to bring in into the into the relationship. How to bring up children? Um, in what capacity do you bring up children? Or, for example, if you're if you're Christian, do you open your presents on the 24th or the 25th of December? Because that's a tradition as well, um, and that could be a moot point of of argument because you know all my life I've I've opened my presents and on the 24th, not on the 25th. Um, uh, and so on and so forth. So, so I guess having said that, it would benefit everybody. Um, Premarriage counseling would benefit everybody because we're talking about really how to have a relationship and how to unpack all those minute details that we didn't know about each other when we when we got married. You know, when you live together, you start finding out a lot about each other. You know, how you smell. <laughs> How you take, you know, and and uh, things that you do and you don't do your pet peeves, things that you won't find out during dating time, you know, because you're literally living together. So, 
it, it's uh, having an open mind and having some tools in your toolkit on how to have a relationship with your spouse, I think would benefit a lot of people. Now, um, in in some ways, the reactions to attending these pre-marriage courses, some of them mirror yours, you know, the, the notion that they weren't the most helpful. Um, and so I guess it's fair to call them mixed. Um, what can you tell us about about these reactions? What are some of the main issues people often bring up? Um, I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm, uh, gu- I'm guessing that, that some of it has been taught in schools. Uh, so the basic stuff. So the one that I went to is more religious-based. So a lot of it has been taught in schools, and I'm like, uh, I've already, I already know this. Um, I'm also Sharia trained, so I go like, oh, I already know this. So I got bored <laughs> um, in, this, in, in the in the crucis itself. So I don't know. I don't know what 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 uh, people might might complain about. Um, probably it's too rudimentary for them. Um, and because we're looking at the masses, um, some the, the and level of education is different. Perhaps that's probably the maybe the the the, the argument there. Now, there has been an increase in divorce cases, particularly since the pandemic. Um, Some might argue that courses like these might be one way to address that. Would you agree? Oh, you know, know, the pandemic is is an anomaly. It's not every day we have a pandemic. So um, if you you have a pre-marriage course, it would be a pre-marriage course specifically for pandemic not just every day um yeah so i it's uh, if it's a pre-marriage course for pandemic you're also looking at you know space was one of the biggest arguments i i heard uh, when we went through uh the pandemic uh where where space was at, at a premium people didn't know where to look at each other we look at each other every single day we didn't have space or time out from each other which which is a good thing to have uh in a relationship um and uh and um so specific things for pandemic so so another example would be if you have if you're lucky enough to have a child the crucis would be for uh how how do you uh manage a, uh, another person in a relationship which is the, which is the baby itself you know how do you uh, how do you uh, bathe the bathe the, uh, the child? How do you feed the child? Do you do you want to feed the, with the bottle or with the breast and 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 so on and so forth? So it's very specific for that topic. So um, if the crucis was specific for um, the pandemic, then it it, it would have helped a, a lot of people. You know, just to have. Uh, uh, different tools, what what tools to to uh, relationship tools to help them navigate the pandemic and the relationship. And if we look at this as a way to try and get divorce rates down, the narrative around divorce has traditionally been very negative. It's seen as something to avoid at all costs. Uh, what has the larger impact of this sort of societal view been on how couples might view the decision to separate? Okay. Um, personally, I feel divorce is an option. 
um, and it's a solution to um, to your an existing um, fight or uh, you know you're upset with the with the relationship. So so um, I think divorce is a really good solution. Um, your question was what? Eh? Uh, the question was about how the fact that it's traditionally been seen as negative, how that might impact people when they're thinking about what to do, what steps to take. The impact would be very negative on them because they will be they will be um, um, thinking about the impact on the family. So if I get divorced, what would my parents say? What would my in-laws say? Um, or now I'll be considered a widow, or, or sorry, not a widow, uh, a divorcee. You know, um, I, I'm going to change the way my the, I'm going to change my identity from a married person to a, to a separated or a divorcee. So I have to deal with that uh, loss of identity, um, and 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 so on and so forth. So it's there's a lot to to think about that they that. These ruminating thoughts just go round and round and round and round and round in circles, and so and and sometimes it, you develop anxiety or, or depression, or you get analysis paralysis where you just can't decide whether you're going to get separated or not. So um, when you have these negative connotations on um, on separation and divorce, the, um, these are the things that I experience with my clients. Um, that these rudimentary thoughts will just go around in circles until uh, until we unpack them, and we unpack what what um, the what these what what the cultural definition is for you. So yeah. to to bring it back to what sparked this conversation. Um, just to close off, what would a helpful and relevant premarital course cover? <laughs> everything <laughs> i would say i would say um i was thinking about this and i would say uh the first the complaints about uh getting divorced so communication sex um childcare and finance so those will be the rudimentary ones like the core um subjects perhaps uh, and then after that, we'll talk about divorce. And people will say, oh, I'm not married, so I can't talk about divorce. I, I really get really annoyed when people say that. Oh, I can't talk about sex because I'm not married yet. No, you have to talk about it in order to, um, uh, in order to help yourself and understand what your position is in the, in, in the marriage itself. Azza, thanks for speaking with us today. You're welcome. <laughs> I, hope, I hope it's helpful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. That was Azza Yasmin, a relationship counsellor, um, weighing in on uh, a proposal from the Ministry of Women, Family and Community Development um, on making marriage uh, pre-marriage courses compulsory. And so we've been asking you, do you think this will be helpful? Did you go for a premarital course? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We're getting plenty of thoughts on this already. We'll be back for them. BFM 89.9. 
Banana from Malaysia. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is just coming up to 6.38. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Lynn. And today we've been talking about um, a proposal that's come out of the Women, Family and Community Development Ministry to make pre-marriage courses compulsory across the board for non-Muslims as well. And so we've been asking you, do you think this will be helpful? Did you go for a pre-marital course? You can call 77332900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018 Double nine tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, we will also be hearing throughout the show uh, from a number of people that we reached out to to um, ask uh, about their experiences attending marriage courses, um, as well as uh, whether it's something that they think would be helpful. Um, so uh, that's coming up as well. Uh, but in the meantime, plenty of thoughts coming in from listeners. Let's start with a voice note. Um, this one's from TIDJ. I don't think it will be helpful to have premarital courses simply because I wonder who's actually going to give these courses. If it's going to be people who have male chauvinistic mindset, then it's really not helpful because the institution of marriage has evolved. It's no longer a patriarchal society. So yeah, unless you get people with modern thinking, forward thinking people, I really do not think premarital courses will be helpful at all. TIDJ also sent in a follow-up WhatsApp saying, if the high rate of divorce is the main reason, then I'm really against it. I think the option of divorce shouldn't be stigmatized. Sometimes it's better for couples to divorce rather than stay in a toxic marriage. This is my opinion as a person who grew up witnessing many toxic marriages. So I agree with a lot of that. And I think uh, particularly the evolution of the evolution of marriage, um, modern sentiments around what a marriage should look like or could look like, I, I'm not sure that the courses are going to keep up with that. And and I think that goes back to the question of what are these courses rooted in? Who is going to be giving these courses? Because I'm not sure that advising people how to have an ideal marriage from the 1950s in 2023 is necessarily going to be helpful to prevent divorce or create a happy relationship. And, and I think that if we're not acknowledging that, and never mind the 50s, um, 80s, 70s, whatever it may be, it has to be something that is actually, uh, it's the same theme as yesterday, um, and education actually relevant. Mm. has to be something that's relevant to people. And in fact, uh, the question of relevance and timing is coming up quite a bit. So... Let's see. Um, Anon says, premarital courses should not be compulsory. It was compulsory for me, but like all courses, what one takes home depends a lot on the teacher as well as the interest level of the student. To put yet another set of obstacles for a couple looking forward to tying the knot means more stress apart from the usual preparation for the wedding. Just promote the course in creative and interesting ways like how bridal shops promote their gowns. To really address marital problems, it would be more realistic to also have places where people can go to seek counselling during the duration of their marriage. And Ian echoes that, saying... If it's divorce that's being tackled, then maybe premarital courses may not be the answer. Because with a honeymoon brain madly in love, it's easy to just agree on everything just to get married. Instead, providing free marriage counselling post-marriage might be a better way. Um, I 100% agree with the marriage counselling post-marriage. And just to expand upon that idea of what are those courses going to cover, um, a lot of this is rooted in ideas of values. A lot of this is rooted in ideas of morals, right? And without placing a moral judgment on anyone's choices, I would like to think that it should actually be up to every couple that's choosing to get married. 
what they want out of their marriage and how they want that marriage to look like. How could anyone possibly contain that into a course when every individual and every couple probably has multiple things that go into that answer? Well, on the subject of how this could potentially just be a a block or a difficulty for some couples, uh, we do have a voice note. We reached out to a few people we knew who are either married or going to get married. And um, we've got a voice note now from, from a therapist who wanted to simply be known as Potato. So we're actually signing our registration papers tomorrow. Yay! Uh, and I'm just trying to imagine in the midst of all this planning and coordinating where um, we would have found the time and energy to go for couples counselling. Um, I think my partner and I generally have quite open communication and we try our best to be honest and straightforward with each other. Um, and I think, you know, we actually have jobs that equip us for having these kinds of conversations that I know may not feel so natural or comfortable for a lot of people. So, of course, I think uh, couples counselling has its place and I think that there are definitely lots of benefits to it. But making it mandatory, I'm not so sure about. Um, it may end up feeling more like a barrier rather than something, you know, I would like to go for, even if the information that is shared ends up being helpful. Uh, I also feel that the success of counselling in general often depends on the person or the people being motivated to initiate it and seek it out and um, also depends very much on the relationship between the counsellor and the couple. So, yeah. Um, so much there to talk about, really. From potato. From potato. <laughs> um, firstly, congratulations on the uh, upcoming registration. Um, but that point about who is going to deliver the information, such a key one. Yeah, I think the, the issue also of... We, we heard this a little bit about this earlier from our guest, the point about how because she was actually trained in this, uh, because she is someone who knows you know, how to run these sorts of courses, she found it a bit rudimentary and therefore was just there to, mm. to tick a box to get it done. And I think similarly, again, I understand that you have to accommodate a wide variety of people, but you know, you wouldn't have to do that if you didn't make it mandatory. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. and you're therefore not asking every single person who wants to get married of varying uh, levels of experience and age and maturity and what have you to attend a single course that's supposed to cover everything for everyone. So um, I think the, the distinction being made about how you might be better suited in some cases to communicate, maybe you need a different sort of premarital course to be actually helpful. I think these are things that are worth considering. So a number of people messaging in with their own experiences as well. If you'd like to share, we'd love to hear them. Uh, Fadzli, for instance, saying, A few of my friends went for the Kursus Kawin for their respective marriages. And honestly, it sounds like BTN without the ultra rhetoric. Sweeter, but still a waste of time. Mm. So on that, I think, not in response to Fazli necessarily, but related to, uh, Rudin says, my wife and I are PMC counsellors and we have seen how the couple benefits from it and uh, be fully aware of what they're getting into. It's a nine-month journey with them and with structured lessons and assignments. Even after marriage, we do occasionally follow up with them to help them navigate through their marriage. No point making it compulsory if they don't see the rationale behind the counselling. And I think that that plus Potato's voice note um, plus Fazli's point is... All I, I think all speak to, are they there for, oh yeah, I sound like a reality show. Are you here for the right reasons? <laughs> you know, Are you here just to get married? Are you here just to, to get it going? Or are you here because you want to learn something? Because all of that is going to 
to determine how you behave when you actually enter the counselling space and how much you're willing to give to it? Um, there are so many people actually uh, chiming in with experiences like these, um, people who found these courses helpful as well. Um, so we will get to more of your messages as well as others um, and their experiences after this. But keep your thoughts coming. We are talking about a uh, proposal uh, that pre-marriage courses be made compulsory. And so we'd like to hear from you. Do you think this will be helpful? Did you go for a premarital course, you can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Be free minded. BFM eighty nine point nine, the business station. It is 6.46, well, 6.47, really. Um, you're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Lynn. And we've been asking you, do you think a pre-marriage course will be helpful? This comes from a proposal by the Women's, uh, by the uh, Women, Family and Community Development Ministries. Uh, we'd also like to know, did you go for a pre-marital course? Keep your thoughts coming. You can call us, double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018 Eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We have a voice note that's come in. This is from Mary. Hi BFM. I like to uh, support that all Muslim and non-Muslim would-be couples should undergo uh, uh, premarital counselling and also undergo genetic tests, especially like blood disorders like thalassemia because 1 in 20 Malaysians are thalassemia carriers. So it's very important to have that test. And also they should go for other tests like uh, uh, sexually transmitted diseases like AIDS tests, AIDS and uh, other 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 tests. Okay, thank you. Bye. Mary, thank you for that. Uh, we also have Vaish who's making um, similar, uh, you know, who's sharing similar thoughts. So Vaish says, make infective screening, premarital HIV screening and thalassemia screening compulsory instead. So if we're talking about trying to mitigate costs, then I kind of, I, I can find my way to that. I'm not comfortable necessarily with the government mandating medical tests in order to get married. Same. Um, I think that it's very important to talk about yes, these kinds yes. of things. The, the tests and the information yes. themselves, all very helpful. I think people should know these things mm. going into their marriage. I think it's the it's the mandatory part that I my, hesitate. Yeah, my discomfort with this is the same as my discomfort with the mandatory course, which is that these are things that people, adults, should be allowed to decide for themselves. So the question about mandating is one that's being responded to quite strongly. CPA on WhatsApp says the government should stay away from all our personal affairs. Um, meanwhile, we also have Ling saying marriage counselling is, well, to put not not to find a point on it, rubbish. Uh, it's giving the course provider the decision on gender roles, marriage ideals, sexual responsibilities and so on. Every individual and every partnership is different. Some families are not conventional. Women being breadwinners, uh, you have asexual partners, so on. What the government should do is have a course called Modern Life Science, which includes money management, the goals of being an independent individual, responsibilities as an adult, including paying your tax, being a team player with your family, 
an irresponsible and immature person um, is likely to have a failed marriage and life, uh, leave Malaysians' marital life and bedroom alone. Well, um, a number of others saying similar things. Sue says, the various religions also have their own classes, which are non-mandatory. It should be left to the people to decide why do we need the... It should be left to the people to decide why do we need the government to tell us how to lead our married lives. Um, so, I mean, again, actually, the mandatory part is what I find myself thinking the most about. I actually think that offering courses like these, offering the uh, counselling for sure, is something that can be very helpful. Um, however, we do have this voice note that just came in uh, in support of premarital courses, but with some qualifiers. This is Rajkumar. Hi, um, I think uh, premarital courses are fantastic if it's done well. My wife and I are uh, premarital counsellors and we use uh, different tools uh, which, are, which are really um, up to date and they really help couples to uh, build their marriage. You know, For example, the, they learn about the five love languages, how to communicate and express love. They learn about communications. They learn about how to resolve conflicts. Um, they learn about uh, uh, many, many other things, right? And these are all very, very useful tools that can help build a strong marriage. Uh, I think that's, these are these are very important uh, elements that needs to be incorporated because many at times uh, marriages, a lot of people, uh, they have to go through it uh, and 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 it's trial and error. But that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. If they are equipped, you know, they can continuously build the marriage. And I think that the premarital counselling is much needed, but with the caveat that uh, they must be good uh, counsellors and uh, very good material. And that is definitely uh, that is proven. And I'm very sure that it's, it will be beneficial because it's uh, proven and we have had many, many testimonies of people, you know, uh, benefiting from this and enjoying their marriage. Thank you. Thank you for that, Rajkumar. Actually, a lot of um, a lot of important things brought up in terms of the things that a premarital course can do if done well. So, to be to be clear, um, I think that neither you nor I are. Uh, at all opposed to the idea of mm. a premarital cause. And for all the reasons that are being discussed now, right? That you might, that in the best of circumstances, you're giving people the building blocks they need for a long and successful marriage. Um, that in the best of circumstances, you're also helping people have conversations that they maybe wouldn't have been equipped to have otherwise. And all of those things are good reasons. Um, but as you are pointing out, Raj, I think what happens is, you need the right people to run it, firstly. Uh, if you make it mandatory and therefore widespread and you need lots of people running lots of marriage courses on any given day, any given week, what does that do for quality? And, and how are we going to be ascertaining that the quality continues to be what it ought to be? And uh, to go back to something our guest said earlier, when you force someone to sit through a class, are they actually there to learn or are they actually just there to tick a box and have a cert handed to them? Um, and I think that matters because um, people who attend marriage courses out of their own volition because they think it's important um, are more likely to get more value out of these. We, 
we've been talking about this in the context of uh, non-Muslim couples, right? Because that's what was stated and because currently for Muslim couples, it's mandatory anyway. Mm -hmm. And so we have also received a number of points uh, coming in regarding the Catholic Church, which is, I think, probably next to the uh, next to the Muslim cause, the, maybe the best known one. Yes. So Willa says, the Catholic Church is a program that has been running for years. It's called Evening for the Engaged. It's been useful for many to make the final decision. You are right, though, that it should not be forced on the couple if they're secular. Uh, and similarly, we have another listener saying that the Roman Catholic Church required couples to attend a six-month course facilitated by voluntary couples before we are allowed to get married in church. Not all couples get married eventually. And I think that this is interesting because both Willa and... Um, Ultra Cellcom. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what the actual name of that listener is. Uh, if you'd like to let us know, please do. But what they're both referencing is that it's supposed to guide you about whether or not you are even making the right decision. Mm. And I've heard this from a number of friends and acquaintances who have done the um, Catholic Church um version of this course, uh, that in fact, it asked a lot of difficult questions, that it got them thinking about values and whether they align. Mm -hmm. And I can see um, how that could be helpful. Franz is making an important point as well, saying the basis of many pre-marriage courses, um, um, the basis of many pre-marriage courses is uh, of other faiths. It's compulsory for Roman Catholics. Um, I went through it and it's good for any couple. Without the cert, you can't get married in church. Um, and that point about how... Um, I think the point about faith is important because it starts from a place of um, common ground already versus uh, the point that um, Willa was making about if you're secular, what is the push for you to want to take the course in the first place? Right. But um, and Franz, I mean, I have not gone for this uh, this course, but when you say it's good for any couple, I guess I'm curious about that because um, I, I think that based on my understanding, which is not an airtight one in, in any way or form, uh, regarding what a good marriage in the Catholic sense might mean. I'm not sure that extends in a secular way across the yes, board. Yes. I, I don't know that it would. Um, so Muniandi is referencing uh, an entirely different um, an entirely different belief system, saying Firstly, this is another nonsensical government overreach with everything being mandatory. So in particular, say for Hindus, there are no set ways for our married couples to behave. Modern young couples may adopt modern ways of marriage. Um, you see that in many middle class or upper middle class Hindu families. There are also the aspects of arranged marriages um, and also the issue of sex before or sex after marriage. That's up to the individual's values. We also do not refer to a single sacred book or or scripture agreed among Hindus. There are many sects and ethnicity among Indians, so you're not looking at a single uniform group where you can set a certain value to guide them. So this is really an unnecessary burden to couples. And in this modern, postmodern era where everything is deemed a social construct, this this seems like an anomaly. It's like a shock Sindiri project. Um, well, that's actually, I think, similar to what I was trying to get at in terms of how do we decide what value system um, courses like these are going to adhere to. Now, if you're coming at it with a similar value system, that's different. But if it's meant to be for everyone, then it gets a little bit more complicated. Uh, but we would like to um, hear from you. We will continue the conversation after this. We are asking you whether you think pre-marriage courses will be helpful. Did you go for a premarital course? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. And in the meantime, 
some music. Here's Ella Fitzgerald with What Is This Thing Called Love? BFM 89.9. Building First World Malaysians. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 7.08. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Lynn. And we are talking about a proposal that's come out of the Ministry of Women, Family and Community Development about making premarital courses compulsory for non-Muslim couples. We're asking you whether you think this is helpful. Did you go for a premarital course yourself? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, WhatsApp 018-789-8899. You can send us a voice note there as well. You can tweet us at BFM Radio. Now, of course, um, this has already been compulsory for Muslim couples. So we've reached out to a number of people to ask about their experiences and whether they thought it was useful. Um, and uh, we have voice notes from them. Let's start with this one from Iqbal. So my wife and I went to a Kursus Kawin that was delivered in English. The biggest reason why we did so was because we had heard a lot of nasty things about other Kursus Kawins that instructors would say a lot of nasty, sexist, misogynistic, racist things. Um, over the two-day course that we attended, I counted maybe two statements by our instructor that could have possibly been somewhat sexist and or racist. So it wasn't terrible. I think because our course was delivered in English, so a lot of the... I, th- I think because our course was delivered in English, a lot of the other participants were non-Malaysians or recent converts to Islam. So a lot of the course was actually geared towards being like an introduction to the religion kind of course. So as far as whether I found value in it, I personally didn't. Also because I was hoping for a course that was mandatory for newly uh, couples, I thought they would cover stuff like how to handle financials, how to deal with conflicts, but there wasn't really much of that. And so if I were to be asked by my friends whether they should do a course like this and it wasn't mandatory for them, I'll definitely tell them it's a waste of time. And also for policymakers, why would you make something like this mandatory? Especially because if marriage is supposed to be a good thing, you want to encourage people to get married, why would you put more barriers uh, obstructing people from doing so? But maybe I'm just speaking from my I'm just speaking from my per- experience with my Kursus Kawin. I doubt, however, that other Kursus Kawins are any better. Uh, thank you for that, Iqbal. Um, so I, I think this not finding a lot of value from it, um, it sounds to me also that the course doesn't address what would actually have been helpful for in, um, a couple about to get married. No, not this version of mm. the course anyway. And uh, Iqbal references some of the sexist or, you know, sexist issues that others have complained about and, you know, asked whether this is something that was seen elsewhere. And we do have a voice note as well from Delma that kind of addresses this. In a way, I can understand why it might be a good idea for pre-marriage courses to be a prerequisite to getting married um, because I don't think that it's something that all couples or maybe just one partner might ever um, consider otherwise. 
Um, my only thing is that it has to be run by qualified professionals. Um, so I'm Muslim and I had heard so many horror stories about what happens in a kursus kawin. And it was actually like really surreal, really surprising to experience it for myself. Um, on paper, the course sounds okay enough. Uh, there are a few modules uh, and that you take um, over the course of two days and each will sort of look at a different topic from, you know, household things to money management. Um, I had a few issues <laughs> with this. Uh, first of all, all the speakers were men. And, you know, since you're hearing from a few different people over the course of two days, I would have thought that it, you know, it would make sense to, to hear the perspective of a woman. Secondly, not, not a single person who, who conducted these courses stuck to the actual topic of the module. They kind of just used that time to talk about whatever they wanted. And I'd say not all of it was bad. None of it was great, but not all of it was bad. But so much of it was either sexist or sexual. So I won't talk about like the ickier ones, but what I did remember was this one question which was, if your wife makes more money than you, should you get married? And this particular speaker, he made every single couple answer the question and he would tell you off if your answer wasn't a clear yes or no. And it was just to get to his opinion, um, which was no, that any marriage where the woman makes money should never happen. And the bizarre thing is that isn't what Islam teaches us. Uh, so not only was this guy not qualified from a counselling perspective, he was also so off base from a religious perspective. So I think it's, it's, you make light of it, you make fun of these courses, but it's actually like a little bit scary to me that so many couples are starting this very important and difficult chapter in their lives with bad guidance and bad guidance that's approved by the state. So I hope that if the government, you know, designs a program for non-Muslims, that they actually take proper care, like due care to engage with professionals. Because if you're going to mandate something, then make it useful and helpful and not make it just be another one of these um, forms of paperwork that you have to tick off um, just to get married. Dalma, thank you for that. So much there to, to really talk about. Yes. Uh, so, firstly, that does sound horrible. <laughs> you know, Truly, I yes, yeah. That that does sound. And that's not even the really bad stuff. No, that that was censored. But I think that the the point about mandated by the state, and in this case, also having a sort of religious authoritative approach to it, because it's it's coming at it from the point of view of this is how this is how religion is supposedly thinking about this. You know. This, this partnership, I think having those two power elements when it comes to talking about things and then the guidance is misguided, that really does kind of worryingly set you up for for conversations that maybe aren't the most productive in this day and age. No, and in fact, actually, a lot of the messages that we've been getting are talking about things that, we, that would be more helpful than a um, you know, this sort of premarital course or a, a marital course at all, uh, do keep them coming. Do you think pre-marriage courses are helpful? Did you go for a premarital course? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Um, to close off on this side of things, at least, um, I did want to look at a couple of people making similar points. So uh, Surin, for instance, says no to a premarital course. Yes to post-marital counselling, which is an idea that's come up a number of times uh, to make couples counselling more accessible, more affordable. We also have a voice note from Saiful. 
In my opinion, regarding the marital causes, I've done it before because I've been married for 25 years. And before I get married, and it's done in Muslim marriages. But my humble suggestion is something like this. It's not more towards marital state, marital um, to have a happy marriage or happy uh, how to keep your spouses happy. It's more toward the right of the spouses. Because sometimes this is the thing that people don't realize, not realize. What is the right of the wife or the husband or the family regarding the ordinary how to get if anything happen? For example, like abuse or we're talking about divorce. What's the right of the, the wife upon the uh, the wife on the marriage itself? Uh, because most of the time during the divorce cases, the divorcee, uh, especially the woman's side, they're kind of lost in the system, how they want to go by to get their, to benefit, uh, to really know what's their right in their marriage. Because uh, for me, that is important If uh, to make aware of what are the, the rights of the spouses in their marriage. Thank you. Saiful, I want to stand up and cheer. That's such an excellent suggestion. It is an excellent suggestion. Um, it's an important one. Mm. It highlights a number of really uh, issues that I'm glad you're bringing up. But you know the other thing, Saiful, that stands out to me about your suggestion? This is appropriate for the state. Correct. This yeah. is where you want intervention from the state. Uh, or at least information. Yes. Because the, the other stuff, like you telling me, I don't know, you know, exactly what my role is supposed to be as a partner or, or how to meet those expectations, which are, again, seemingly in this program. We don't know what form it will take, but it would nevertheless be determined by the state. Those are not appropriate um, measures, I think, for the government to be able to to do when it comes to the personal lives of its citizens. Telling them their rights, though, in a marriage is absolutely an area where I would sign on for that. I think that that is an accurate and good use of time and money. Keep your thoughts coming. Are you um, in support of uh, this idea of premarital courses for couples being made compulsory? Uh, did you yourself go for a premarital course? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Birkins for Mama. BFM. 89.9, The Business Station. It is 7.19. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Lynn. We're closing off our conversation on premarital courses um, and whether they should be made compulsory for everyone. Um, this comes from a proposal by the Ministry of Women, Family and Community Development. So do weigh in. Do you think this will be helpful? Did you go for a premarital course? You can call us. You can send us a voice note. You can WhatsApp us. You can tweet us. Uh, let's start with a voice note. Hi, good evening, BFM 89.9. Hi, Shamila. This is Zubra. Okay, pertaining to this topic, uh, yeah, it's a good initiative to be implemented, but I have a different point of view to be shared with you. That rather than saying uh, non-Muslim and Muslim, because is it the question of Muslim already have this and non-Muslim have to be implemented this? So it will be debatable. So I'm looking at the angle of why not this make it a holistically a Malaysian view whereby a core values to be teach and both parties, uh, either Muslim or non-Muslim. Because the separation or divorce happen is not only because religions, uh, you're Muslim or non-Muslim. It's because of socioeconomy. 
it's because of workplace related it's because of uh, stress management these are the few causes why divorce happen in malaysia and other part of the world so the core values need to be implemented holistically on the both parties and uh, that's where you can get a harmonize on this uh, program so my view is uh, rather than uh, talking about muslim and non muslim let's have a universal standard uh, syllabus one having this program whereby it will be beneficial uh, the whole malaysian whoever getting marriage in malaysia so the marital status will be strengthened and bring in a good values uh, which is relevant to uh, a new era thank you Subra, thank you for that. Um, I'm so again. I go back to. I think it's very difficult to ascertain what is a set of universal values, um, and how to deliver that across the board to people of varying backgrounds. Now, having said that, a fair amount of people are for this suggestion, um, or at the very least, for making the courses more widely known mm. and more widely attended. People who found it helpful. So uh, Johnny says, mandatory pre-marriage course is a brilliant idea. This is from a married baby boomer. As a non-Malay, I didn't go through it and I had so many pitfalls. Um, similarly, we also have uh, KH saying courses like this should be encouraged. Personally, my spouse and myself attended this course. Although we were already married, both of us felt it was beneficial as we placed both our values on the table for discussion. For instance, do you want to have kids? How do you raise them? What about finances? Who does what chores? The best way to communicate with each other. All of this may seem obvious, but when couples don't talk it out, it can be a test to the relationship. Um, yes, um, I think all of those are actually true. And, and again, I have heard many people talk about how these courses um, sort of shine light on areas that you didn't even think were potentials for conflict. Um, and that speaking about this in this space helps. Um, speaking about it in a moderated form, because Uncle yes, Wong exactly. is saying exactly that, saying, I highly encourage it. I benefited from it as sometimes a moderated conversation can open up things that a couple may not usually discuss. Uh, again, money, finding the common ground on what is necessary, expenditure and discretionary spending, spending saving and investment, etc. Uh, yeah, I think all of those sound really helpful. Um, let's see, we have Munif saying, I just got married last year, went to the compulsory pre-marriage course. And for what it's worth, the information it gave, especially on the topic of protocol, documentation, steps and tips to get the black and white of your marriage done was super helpful. Now, if this is not made compulsory, then the information should be made accessible to all at least. So, you know what I find interesting, right? This stuff isn't too different from the call earlier from Saiful. Yeah. Uh, because when things are objective information, I think it's great to be making it accessible to as many people as possible. It's when things are subjective that I feel uncomfortable about them being from the government and being made mandatory and all of that. Objective information is appropriate for the state to disseminate. I, I sound like some sort of <laughs> 1984 <laughs> character, but I, I, I do think that that's what is appropriate. Um, I, I think also one thing that we haven't mentioned is that in a lot of settings, uh, we heard earlier from the voice note from Raj Kumar, right, that um, he and his wife do this. And it is often couples and voluntary couples who do this. So I think that when underplaying the value of word of mouth and the strength of that, rather than making it mandatory, um, instead making it seem appealing or having people talk about why it's helpful is the way forward, which Charlotte is saying. Um, Charlotte says, I've gone through pre premarital counselling with my then boyfriend. It was insightful, useful. 
I think it's good to raise awareness on discussing or thinking about the key areas and core values that are important for couples. Yes, every couple may be different. But the course aims to provide us tools that we can use. We still have to learn to use it to manage conflict, to improve communication. It doesn't do magic, but it's additional knowledge. Um, making it mandatory may not be the best way forward. Perhaps more effective ideas to encourage more conversations around these concepts that help counsel couples understand themselves and the relationships better. So we've got a couple of voice notes that have come in on similar points as well. Um, here's one of them. Hi, BFM. With regards to pre-marriage, uh, courses is important. My name is Farid. I think that uh, the first thing is actually, even though it's, it's about religions and so on, we just move on about religions, but it's more about psychology. Uh, it's more on communications, finance, after marriage, how you want to actually handle conflicts and how to raise the kids. That is actually some things that maybe in the what they call module in uh, the pre-marriage course that's supposed to be touched not really about the set of value about 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 spirituals about religions and so on but more towards that because of right now the 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 percentage of divorce is actually quite high so at least with this it prepared the couple that's my opinion um I love the point about financial management, which is something a number of people have brought up already. And conflict. And conflict. Um, yeah, I think I think this makes a good case for why it would be helpful. If done correctly. If done correctly, um, which, yeah. is a, which is a theme that's emerging. Yes, and um, Farid, I agree with you that what you're bringing up is what I would want to see covered. We also have this from Ming. Yes, uh, my church make it mandatory to attend a premarital uh, course, marriage course, and uh, it was very helpful because we learn a lot of things which we may not have considered if we didn't go for the course, and there's so many factors of uh, uh, gender differences that we need to be aware of as we learn to live together. Um, there were also many useful topics like money management and also practical solutions on how to handle differences. Um, the, for the church, I think the overarching uh, principle is that a wife should submit to your husband and husband to love your wife as much as you love yourself. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really glad, actually, that for, for so many people, they found this process helpful because in the end, that's what it should do. Yes, um, but again, the, the information about what people find helpful yes. is helpful in terms of thinking about how we should create these programs because people don't seem to necessarily want the stuff that might traditionally have been taught thought to be important. Um, we, also have, um, we also have a voice note. This is from Karmjit. Hi, BFM. I just wanted to uh, give my two cents worth. Now, I've noticed on, on the subject of uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the proposed counselling, right, uh, uh, pre-marriage counselling, uh, I've noticed that a lot of people basically are uh, against the idea. But uh, I, would, I would basically caution actually against that, you know, like actually at least give it a chance because uh, speaking as a, a Punjabi male, um, and I can only speak uh, basically uh, for for my race, I suppose, because I I don't really know what happens in, in other races. But as a Punjabi male, I noticed that uh, in modern times, right, when when 
Punjabi guys uh, basically get married um, is usually uh, you know involves some nudging from the from the from their mom, for example. And I noticed that a lot of these guys, uh, because they've been brought up in such a way that they they're made to believe that they are special. They're really really special. And and um, you know, growing up, they don't basically do uh, anything, any work, any chores. Uh, they don't really have, do anything. And at the end of the day, uh, when they get married, they're expected. They're expecting to get married to someone who's going to take care of them, similar to their mom. So they're basically getting married to their mom. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I know it sounds weird, but 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 that's the usually the expectation. That's what they're looking for. They expect their wives to do everything, and uh, while they go earn, uh, you know, uh, while they're the breadwinner. But in these modern times, uh, that's not the case because women these days are uh, they're educated. Uh, they also basically they have you know, pursue a career as well. So. I think the idea of uh, of uh, you know basically setting the expectations. I think this 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 pre-marriage counselling is important to remind uh, you know uh, the the males in in society sometimes that it's not it's not your, your it's not going to be your typical uh, parents' uh, marriage where you know the 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 guy or the husband basically uh, brings in the money and the, and the wife sits, sits at home and, and does all the work and takes care of the kids, has a job of raising the kids. Both of them should be involved in, in this situation. Both of them basically should be involved in, in, in cleaning the house, for example. You know, uh, these are just examples that, that off the top of my head, uh, it, you know, come to mind. And some of these guys don't know that. So, you know, it might be a good idea, actually. So don't, don't, don't knock it until you've tried it. Karimjit, excellent points. Um, and just to close off our conversation on premarital courses, we have Ro, who says, well, I'll let you. I went for a premarital course. It was a three-week holiday with my in-laws-to-be. Needless to say, it really helped. I am still single. And with that, thank you for listening uh, and keep it here, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.